Our red scripture lesson this morning is taken from the book of 2 Samuel, the 15th chapter. After this, it happened that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Now Absalom would rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was, whenever anyone had a lawsuit, came to the king for a decision, that Absalom would call to him and say, What city are you from? And he would say, Your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. Moreover, Absalom would say, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me, then I would give him justice. And so it was, whenever anyone came near to bow down to him, that he would put out his hand and take him and kiss him. In this manner, Absalom acted towards all Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel." Now it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron and pay the vow which I took to the, that, that I made to the Lord. For your servant took a vow while I dwelt in Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord indeed brings me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said to him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. And with Absalom went two hundred men invited from Jerusalem, and they went along innocently and did not know anything. Then Absalom sent for Ahithophel the Gileonite, David's counselor from the city, from Gillo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy grew strong, for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. Now a messenger came to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said to the king, We are your servants, ready to do whatever my lord the king commands. Then the king went out with all his household after him, but the king left ten women, concubines, to keep the house. And the king went out with all the people after him and stopped at the outskirts. Then all his servants passed before him, and all the Cherethites, all the Pelethites, all the Gittites, six hundred men who had followed him from Gath, passed before the king. Then the king said to Hittai the Gittite, Why are you also going with us? Return and remain with the king, for you are a foreigner and also an exile from your own place. In fact, you came only yesterday. Should I make you wander up and down with us today, since I go I know not where? Return and take your brethren back. Mercy and truth be with you. 
But Ahittai answered the king and said, As the Lord lives and as my lord the king lives, surely in whatever place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also your servant will be. So David said to Ahittai, Go and cross over. Then Ahittai the Gittite and all his men and all the little ones who were with him crossed over. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people crossed over. The king himself also crossed over the brook Kidron, and all the people crossed over towards the way of the wilderness. There was Zardok also, and all the Levites with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God, and Ahibithar went up until all the people had finished crossing over from the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Carry the ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. But if he says thus, I have no delight in you, here I am, let him do to me as seems good to him. The king also said to Zadok the priest, Are you not a seer? Return to the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimaaz your son, and Jonathan the son of Abathar. See, I will wait in the plains of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. Therefore Zadok and Ahibathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem, and they remained there. So David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered and went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they went up. Then someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into, a, into foolishness. Now it happened when David had come to the top of the mountain where he worshipped God, there was Hushai the archite coming to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head. And David said to him, If you go on with me, then you will become a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I was your father's servant previously, so now also will be your servant. Then you may defeat the counsel of Ahithophel for me. And do you not have Zadok and Abathar the priests with you there? Therefore it will be that whatever you hear from the king's house, you shall tell Zadok and Abathar the priests. Indeed, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimaaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abathar's son, and by them you shall send me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, went into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. It will be a shock to you, I know, but it turns out When someone calls you on the phone cold and you don't really know them, and they promise you that they're calling you simply to give you a great deal and to save you money, it's usually not the case. I mean, that is surprising to me too, but it turns out 
when somebody just really approaches you and says, I, I live to serve you. Uh, I, I got up this morning and it was my job to give you money. That's not real. In fact, that principle carries over into most aspects of our lives. It turns out when someone comes up to you and says, you know, I really should be in this elected office, and you just need to know that my motives are pure, and my heart is that I just want to serve people. I mean, that's, that's why I want this political office. I just, I wish I could serve you. It turns out all these other politicians are just totally corrupt, but I'm not. That's not true either most of the time. What you're watching as this chapter begins is exactly what I'm describing. We're going to have the beginning of a uh, political espionage exchange, and that's what the writer is setting up. Uh, David, at the end of the chapter, is setting up a spy network, uh, but this whole spirit begins at the beginning. Um, it turns out when his son uh, is talking to the people and he says to them, I just, I just wish I could serve you. I just wish that I was king because I would give people justice. Uh, it turns out he's being deceitful and he's actually self-interested. Years ago, many, many years ago, more than I would like to count, I was talking to a friend of mine who had just come back from the Philippines, where I had been not too many years before, and we were kind of debriefing. He was talking about what he had seen among the churches there, and he said, you know, th- this entire experience of ministry in the Philippines has, has really taught me a lesson. Um, there is no ism or ocracy that will save us. There is no ism that will solve our problems, whether that be communism or socialism or thisism or thatism or anyocracy either, like democracy, all of those things. Turns out those things won't actually solve our problems, won't actually cure the human condition, won't bring salvation. And the reason why is because they are all too human. There is no human who is not tainted with original sin. There is no human who comes to you and says, I will be your savior, I will deliver you, I have the way, I have the new plan, look to me, hang my name as a banner, and I'm for you. That's just not happening. There is only one Savior and only one person who ever came into this world and honestly said, I have come 100% to do my Father's will. I have come 100% to bleed and die for others. I honestly, if I called you on the phone and said, I totally live to save you, it would be true. Uh, That's God in the flesh. That's Christ Jesus the King. He is the only one who, oh, but if he were king, everything would be just grand. Um, 
it is amazing to me how the Word of God holds up human nature. Uh, it doesn't really matter what, what party that human who has the nature is. It holds up our nature and says, see, look what you look like. And it is totally, totally true. And there is no human being of any stripe in any capacity that you should depend upon as they're going to save you because there's salvation in God. Everyone else wants to sell you something. That's just the long and short of it.